Tugger is in trouble, but I don't necessarily think he should be. The NFL is rocking and rolling, and I got to tell you, the Chicago Bears absolutely stink. The Indianapolis Colts are the softest team in America, and of course, the Cowboys look absolutely awesome, but it is September. Giants, Daniel Jones, give your money back. I got a lot of NFL. I got a lot of Mel Tucker, and I got a lot of college football. Don't at me. Starts now. Hey, good morning. It is Don't At Me. The news over the weekend. We're going to get into all your NFL. Mel Tucker, a.k.a. Mel Tugger. See what we did there? That actually came from a legend of Indiana basketball to me via, via text. Hey, look, Mel Tugger, Tucker, is probably going to be fired. There's going to be a press conference today at, oh, I don't know, maybe around 5 o'clock it's Michigan State. They can't help screw it up. It's the home of Larry Nasser. It's the home of Mel Tugger. It's the home of all kinds of crazy people that couldn't get into Michigan. Of course, they're going to screw this up. But the question becomes, this is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I got to tell you, in coaching, I've heard a lot of weird stuff. I've done a lot of weird stuff. I'm that guy. But I got to tell you, this is the weirdest thing I've ever heard of in coaching. It is absurd to me that this entire situation has unfolded. Let me break it down for you. There is a woman. There is a woman named Brenda Tracy. She is a former rape victim, a sexual assault prevention advocate who was gang raped for college players in 1998. She filed a complaint against Tucker and alleged that the coach had asked whether she would date him if he weren't already married and masturbated without consent during a phone call, according to USA Today. Yeah, there's something going on here. These two had ongoing conversations. These two had all kinds of things happening. Uh, She asked him or told him she got comfortable enough to tell him, you know, I need to work out so I look better naked. I understand we're always supposed to believe the victim, but I have a sister, 25 years, sexual assault prosecutor. My sister's best friend is the lady Rebecca in that report. I tried to get Rebecca on. But smartly, she ain't talking. But the situation is this. You say to me, why is Mel Tucker and his private life being involved here with his professional life? Why is he being fired? I'll tell you, and here it is. Because Tracy was brought into Michigan State and Tucker's profession. She was an honorary captain at a football game. She talked to the Michigan State team in 2021 and April of 2022. She did all of these things and was paid for it by Michigan State, $10,000 for a speaking engagement. She said that after the initial time, Tucker started calling her, even brought up meeting him alone, talked about sneaking in the back door of her hotel. I think this would all be fine if he did not bring her into Michigan State and his business to talk to the team. Guy wants to get on a phone and jack it with a woman? I don't know what to tell you. Hell, people said the whole thing about with, without consent, the whole thing about violence is is just muddied. I got accused of, quote, violence against a crazy-ass college professor because I said I would not go at it, her words, not mine, in a pool with a woman that wasn't my wife. And I stand by that. I won't go monogamy. But Mel Tucker brought this in. 
And Mel Tucker then masturbated, and he admitted to bait and fish on a phone call with the woman. Now, it gets a little murky. They had long conversations many, many times over a period of month, 28 conversations over 37 minutes. Of course, phone records are out, and we're all examining them. All she really had to do if she didn't like him baiting fish was hang up the phone, but she said, quote, I didn't think of it at the time. Really? You're the advocate. You're teaching men how to act. You're teaching young men how to go about the business. You understand it better than anybody. At least that's what you sell to schools. But you didn't think of saying, hey, Mel, I don't need to be on the other end of this crap. You're an idiot. Goodbye. Didn't think to do that. This is just weird. I'm not blaming anybody. Mel Tucker's an idiot a stone-cold idiot. She clearly liked the attention from Mel Tucker, or she wouldn't have been on the phone talking about being naked and a variety of other things over the times. I learned from my sister, never fully believe each side. While every woman and every male liberal, everybody was saying, always believe woman, women. My sister, who is, an, who is a prosecutor, said, are you crazy? I'll give you a story. Little girl comes in, says a football player at IU raped her. Comes in with her daddy. To see my say, we want to prosecute this football player. My sister says, all right, calls the football player in. He has a video of the sex that they had. Clearly, the young lady did not get raped. Clearly, the young lady consented all the way through. My sister, the prosecutor, calls the young lady in, back in with her dad. I'm sorry, asks the dad to leave. The dad leaves. My sister shows the young lady the film. The young lady breaks down and crying. My sister says very simply, uh, you want me to bring your dad in here and watch this? No, 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 we're done here, we're done here, and leaves. I don't believe anybody. I'm sorry, I know you do. I know you're supposed to. I know this can somehow be construed as controversial. I don't believe either side. I always believe there's a backstory. I don't know what Michigan State should do, but I will say this. They're going to be under tremendous pressure because of Title IX. They're going to be under tremendous pressure from women's groups to get rid of Mel Tucker. I think Mel Tucker's a stone idiot. This didn't make me think Mel Tucker was an idiot. I followed Mel Tucker's career. He's an idiot. And Michigan State is among the worst colleges in America. Just think of all of the things that transpired at Michigan State. They covered for Larry Nasser. That's all you need to know. Long story short, this is there is more to this, I promise you. Now, uh, Brett McWhatever his name is, McMurphy or whatever the hell his name is, who cold, totally lied and screwed up the Urban Meyer case, said this guy had been fired. He hasn't been fired. Been suspended without pay. Why? Because you got to figure out Within a university, I was a part of this when the University of Indiana University got rid of Calvin Sampson. You got to figure out the Title IX implications. You got to figure out, you got to negotiate a buyout. A lot of stuff here. But Mel Tucker, I don't care how this comes out. You, sir, are a dumbass. And this incident did not put me over the top with it. I've known all along. You're a dumbass. And you got what you got. All right, speaking of Mel Tucker and dumbass, uh, Mel Tucker's dumbass used to coach at Colorado. Colorado was now coached by a real coach, a guy that a lot of people like, a guy that a lot of people don't like. But who cares? Colorado absolutely bootstomped 36-14. Bootstomped Nebraska. Uh, Shador Sanders 
absolutely did not have it, was not having it. Let's hear from Shador Sanders about Matt Rule, the coach at Nebraska. It was extremely personal. We go out there, warm up. You got the head coach for the other team trying to stand in the middle of the buff. Like, it's okay if, if like, some, a couple players do it. It's fine, you know. Like, to just enjoy the scenery. But when you got the whole team trying to disrespect it, then I'm not, you know, I'm not going for that at all. So I went in there and disrupted it. So they knew off rip, like, nah, this, the Buffaloes mean, mean a lot to me. And personally, that's what I say in pregame. And that's when I knew it was just extreme disrespect. And that's why it was the coach. The coach said a lot of things about my pops, about the program. But now that he want to act nice, I don't. Res- I don't. I don't respect that because you hating on another man. You shouldn't do that. So it was just all respect was gone for them in their program. Now I like playing against their DC. I like playing against them, but the respect level it ain't it ain't there because you disrespected us first. Anything you got to do, you do to get yourself going. It does not matter. People say that's crap. I say that's great. And I got to tell you, Shador Sanders, I'd follow that kid. That kid's a Heisman Trophy winner, and it ain't close right now. And don't even try some of these other guys. Don't try that crap with me. Dude's thrown for over 900 yards in two games, and he did it at TCU and against Nebraska. I mean, don't even try it with me. The dude is a Heisman Trophy winner right now. Is he going to remain? I don't know. All he's got to do is have one bad game, and all Deion Sanders got to do is lose a game, and you know what's going to happen. Of course you know what's going to happen. What's going to happen? Well, frankly is that everybody's going to revert back. But good for Shador Sanders, good for Deion Sanders, whatever you got to do. Like, you guys are losing your mind. Oh, Deion's always saying that. Whatever you got to do. Hell, I wore clothes backwards as a coach. I don't care. Look, I didn't care how much I cussed, yelled, screamed, embarrassed, whatever. But I was not going to do – I was going to do anything I could to win a game. And then I'll apologize after. Good for him. Don't apologize. Keep doing what you do at Colorado, because what they're doing is great. It is. I'm sorry. It's absolutely great, and I'm here for it. Speaking of great, Texas beating Alabama is great. And the jackasses that yelled racial slurs at the players, it's all on video. Go to outkick.com, read the story. Uh, Another disgusting episode for the Michigan State of the South, Alabama. Let's go through Alabama. They had a wide receiver slap a girl last year. Of course, that great philosopher who teaches about life every press conference, Nick Saban, all the while trying to get 18 to 23-year-olds to flip their commitment. Of course, the great philosopher is going to teach us, well, he didn't discipline the wide receiver because, well, Nick Saban doesn't have to. He's won championships. He's got a Coke. He's on Geico commercials or whatever the hell it is. Yay, rah. Go fight, win, Nick Saban. But here it is, your school again embarrasses itself. Oh, wait a second. We had a murder in the basketball program. And the dumbest of all men's basketball uh, coaches, Nate Oates, had no idea to just shut up. Don't invoke Ray Ray Lewis. Don't be an idiot. But But apparently, when you go to Alabama and coach, you become an idiot. Good coach, I suppose. Everybody tells me, but an idiot. So anyway, so now those guys are yelling racist slurs. But guess what? Texas absolutely dominated them, 34-24 to in Tuscaloosa. And I got to tell you, I don't know if Texas is back. The little kid Sam Ellinger said it, and everybody lost their mind. But I'll tell you this. I will say Alabama's quarterback stinks. Alabama got boot-stomped physically, and Texas looked damn good. So good that I have rescinded my Sark is just a figment of people's imagination. Sark can coach. Seems like a damn good coach, and I am all in on it. We're going to get to the NFL in a minute, but we take a quick break to show you Donald Trump 
Donald Trump showed up at the Iowa-Iowa State game to thunderous applause. Now, the media wants to tell you that he got flipped off by a couple of the uh, corn folk. Eh, that's going to happen. Look, you get 50, 60, whatever thousand people in a building, some are going to boo, most were cheered. Most absolutely lost their mind. Let's listen. As we celebrate USA, and we never forget on September 11th, it's been so good to see cheering. It's been so good to chance of USA. By the way, the U.S. Open, you embarrassed yourself yesterday not playing the national anthem. You suck. That's all I got to say, U.S. Open. You suck. You suck hard. Kiss my ass, U.S. Open. On September 10th, the U.S. Open in New York chose to play. I don't even know what that anthem is and some God bless. No, they didn't play the national anthem of the United States on September 10th at the U.S. Open in New York. You suck. Anyway, let's get to the NFL. If anybody ever, and I mean ever, needed their ass kicked, Joe Burrow needed his ass kicked. I'm so tired of Joe Burrow. The redeeming quality of Joe Burrow is he is an absolute doppelganger for my guy Jared, my stepson Jared. I mean, they look alike. Like, it's their job. But Joe Burrow, I'm tired of. I've had enough of Joe Burrow. So Joe Burrow signs a big contract. Joe Burrow decides, I'm really good. Everybody pay attention to me. Yeah, pay attention. Ah, shut up. Just shut up. I've had enough. Joe Burrow, my ass. Joe Burrow fell into a national championship, did great. Did great getting his team to the Super Bowl. He's a terrific player. But if anybody in this world needed their ass kicked, it was Jolton Joe, Chicago Joe, whatever the hell you want to call Joe Burrow. Let's see Jolton Joe. 14 to 31, 82 yards, two sacks, quarterback rating of 20. Ben, he was hurt. Yeah, my ass. He wasn't nothing. Joe Burrow needed his ass kick, and life has a way of kicking your ass. It just does. I'm sure he'll be, quote, great next week because Joe Burrow is totally on the side of the media. The little girls that write in the NFL media love him. The little boys that write in the NFL media think he's cool, want to be him, that whole deal. But I got to tell you, it's the laziest media, media in America, the dumbest media in America. Resident racist Lewis Riddick said last year Alec Pierce of the Colts was going to be the offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, Alec Pierce. You don't even know who Alec Pierce is. It's the dumbest media, and this guy needed his ass kicked. Let me say it again. 14 to 31, 82 yards, a 20 QBR. Baker Mayfield, on the other hand, oh, whoa. He went into, ladies and gentlemen, he went into Minnesota and beat my beloved Vikings. Why are they my beloved Vikings? Because the beloved Vikings have Ryan Grigson on the staff, and Ryan Grigson's the best general manager the Colts ever had, taking a 2-4 and four team and making an 11-6 the next year. Having said that, the Vikings got bootstopped, and Baker Mayfield got her done. It's tough standing in or stepping in for the great Tom Brady. It is, but Baker Mayfield, I think he learned a little bit. See, Baker Mayfield needed his backside whooped. Baker Mayfield needed his ass kicked, and Baker Mayfield got it. 
Baker Mayfield decided he was going to do all those little commercials. Baker Mayfield decided, I'm going to be an actor, not a football coach. And Cleveland said, I'll stop, baby. When Baker Mayfield went to the Rams, I think he grew up. I think he learned something. And he was pretty good yesterday. Is this overreaction Monday? You're damn right. You're damn right it is. And I don't want to hear about it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the New Look Jets take on the Buffalo Bills. Aaron Rodgers seems, wants to change the narrative about the Jets. Aaron Rodgers wants to change the narrative about everything. The public, who has been unbelievably betting. I mean, the public crushed souls this weekend. Like, if you were fading the public, which I was all weekend, and I got my you-know-what kicked, I, I got oral surgery after the show, but if I didn't, it'd be an all-afternoon of door dashing. That's how bad it was over the weekend. But Aaron Rodgers, the, I'm betting on him tonight. The public is all over the bills. The public ain't buying Aaron Rodgers. I'm all over Aaron Rodgers tonight. Now, am I tired of him? Oh, yeah. Is he smug? Yeah. Can he chug a beer? No. But I got to tell you, I dig the guy. I do. I truly dig the guy. Side note, Fox's, uh, what's that little guy's name? Jay Glazier. Fox's little guy, Jay Glazier, actually came at me one time about Frank Reich being an elite coach. I'm like, jeez, are these NFL people. Uh, update, and we'll update it totally. Panthers with Frank Reich, 24 to 10, ass kicked by the Falcons. Oh, by the way, the Falcons stink, but that's all right. Uh, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is mad. Uh, Jamar Chase is an idiot. Look, let's be honest. If you go to LSU, what degree are you really getting? It's kind of the Michigan State academically of the South. But LSU, former LSU wide receiver, current Bengals wide receiver, Jamar Chase was not happy about losing to the Bills. Let's listen. It's frustrating because I called the ass elves and we just lost to some elves. So I'm pissed on my part. I'm not. I'm pissed on Aaron Adding. Um, like I said, man, we got missed opportunities. We didn't capitalize on it, and, and, and we lost. And that's how we lost. With that said, you went to the Super Bowl two years ago, the AFC Championship last year. You didn't beat Cleveland up here both both years. You don't throw the baby out the bathwater, right? It's one game. Um. Yeah, I guess. I mean. I know you're me. Not. I'm holding it on me. I'm not doing all that. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to do my part and do what I can do for the team. So I'm pissed at it. Like, who's that idiot looking at? Dude's 22 years old, hasn't wiped his ass as a human being, but he can't look at people in the eye. And the guy reporter, yeah, whatever. Anyway, don't get me started. Well, those elves kicked your ass. And now you get a chance to go back and talk and talk and talk and figure it out. My beloved Colts, ladies and gentlemen, are the softest team in the NFL until further notice. The Colts, who set, not set, actually led the NFL last year in fourth quarter plus minus, minus 63. They got their brains beat out in the fourth quarter, which tells you what? They are soft. They got outscored 14 to nothing yesterday. To put it, well, the Colts and the NFL.com people and every little NFL media guy decided years ago that the quarter, or excuse me, the general manager, Chris Ballard, was, quote, the NFL's best general manager. Well, the NFL's best general manager is 10 games under 500, never been, never won the worst division in football in seven years, no home playoff games, seven quarterbacks, five head coaches, and we got a complete mess. 
Now, he's also, ladies and gentlemen, had players retire early. See Andrew Luck, see Jack Doyle, uh, see Kahari Willis, see Anthony Costanzo. Uh, want to leave, see Philip Rivers, see uh, Matt Ryan, see Stephon Gilmore. And now they are holding out for no reason. Jonathan Taylor's agent said Jonathan could play right now. He could pass the physical. Oh, isn't that ironic as he's on the pup list because Jonathan Taylor was faking an injury, but it even gets worse. Our guy, the world's greatest general manager, well, he shopped around Jonathan Taylor. Who did he want? He wanted the best wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, Christian Watts. Now, here's why you got to understand something. The world's greatest general manager is actually the dumbest general manager. We have told this clown, Chris Ballard, for years, you got to build from the outside in. You got to get wide receivers, playmakers, corners, and edge rushers. He's gone the edge rusher route, but everyone he's got has stunk. See Yannick Ngakwe, who is awful. See Quiddy Pay, who didn't show up. He went from inside out. He paid the world's highest salaries to offensive linemen. $20 million for the center. $20 million for the left guard. Sixth pick of the draft for the left guard. $19 million for the right tackle. This is how dumb our guy is, but he thought, I have a chance to make this right. I'm going to go to Green Bay and ask for Christian Watson because finally I've decided we need a wide receiver. Packers laughed in his face, hung up the phone, and that deal was done. And now this guy, Jonathan Taylor, is currently sitting on his dupayash at home watching his team. Now, if I'm the Colts, I got to rethink. Deion Jackson ran 100 times for zero yards. Some guy named Evan Hall played a little bit and got hurt. I don't even know who was running. It was a mess. It is a mess. And America's softest football team continues to lose in the fourth quarter to the Jaguars. Shout out Rick Venturi and Matt Taylor, color commentator and play-by-play man of the Indianapolis Colts. I was driving yesterday listening, and they were awesome. Shout out Rick Venturi for always being honest about the Colts and saying they stinks. If you don't have toughness, you can't win in the NFL and the Colts don't have toughness, they stinks. <laughs> this was odd. We all know millennials, other than my millennials that work here on this show, millennial athletes suck. George Kirby is a pitcher. You got to listen to this. George Kirby is a, Mar- uh, a Mariners pitcher. George Kirby said this as a pitcher, after a game, he actually said this. Listen up. I didn't execute. He had a good pitch. Um, I wish I wasn't out there for the seventh, to be honest. So I was at 90 pitches, and I didn't, I didn't think I needed to go anymore, but you know, it is what it is. So. Is that a conversation in the dugout, or is it? It'll be a conversation soon. Yeah. If it looks like a BH, it's probably a BH. I mean, Major League Baseball players just piled on everyone. Oh, man, from Mark Mulder to Roger Clemens and everyone in between. Now, of course, this little, well, this little batch, he had to come and apologize. That's not me. No, it's you. Look, uh, you're looking in the screen right now. That's not me. No, it's me. It's amazing. If it looks like a BH... It's generally a B edge. I threw 90 pitches 
Guys, I threw 90 pitches. I'm tired. I'm tired. Jeez, I had to throw 90-some pitches. They shouldn't have left me out there. I didn't want the ball. Well, I'll tell you what, next time, I ain't giving you the ball. George effing Kirby, thank you for your service. You threw, I think you almost threw 100 pitches. Can you believe it? Thank you for your service, George Kirby. You threw 90 pitches. You didn't want to be out there. You shouldn't have been out there. What a soft little biatch. Hey, good for our friend Tony Dungy. We got to get Coach Dungy back on the show. He was sensational. Coco Golf won the U.S. Open. Coco Golf won it. She dominated it. She was fantastic. She knelt down clearly to pray. Sports Center said she was taking it all in. I hate to break this to you, Sports Center, but Coco Golf was not soaking it all in in this moment. She was praying. She's been very open about her Christian faith in the past. Seems pretty obvious what she is doing here. Look, if you don't think ESPN is evil, understand ESPN is evil. They could not even, they could not, couldn't do it, could not do it, could not show Coco Golf kneeling to pray. It's unbelievable. What is wrong with, what, what is wrong with showing somebody and saying she's praying? What, what is wrong with that? What, what is wrong with saying Coco Golf is praying? She's praying. Pretty cool. But they're so against family. They're so against that. They just couldn't do it. They just, and now they'll tell you, here's what they'll tell you. Well, we don't know if she's praying. Really? Okay. Pretty obvious that she's praying. All right. Uh, Luis Rubeles, the guy, the mad kisser, mwah, he decided to resign. He had to. Look, um, I guess you always have to. He's the Spanish guy. He's the head of the Federation. He's the guy right there that put the smooch on Hermosa, the player. She laughed about it. She loved it. They all loved it. But guess what? Guess what? People got mad, and now he's got to resign because it was not consensual after the fact and public pressure, so now he's got to go. It's literally, it doesn't go up against Tucker, the mad Tugger, Mel Tugger. It does not go up against him. It doesn't. As the dumbest thing I've seen in sports. Mel The great Mel Tugger, he is the dumbest human being in sports. This guy might be second. Was it vicious? No. Was it malicious? No. Was it with any intent other than to just, you know, celebrate a win? Yes. But it's just stupid in this day and age. It's just stupid. All right, I'm going to continue with some NFL stuff. Uh, I said the worst prepared teams earlier today on Twitter. The Chicago Bears were the worst coach team, worst prepared team. Worst prepared team part do Brian Dable. But we're not going to say he's the worst coach yet. He's certainly, because he's fat and loud and cusses, Brian Dable is considered a guy that media in the NFL like. All right? But the worst coach team was Matt Eberflus' Chicago Bears. Now, you got to understand, Matt Eberflus grew up with my wife and my wife's ex-husband. They all grew up together. He's a really good dude. But he was so beloved here by the idiots 
in the Indianapolis media. They called him Fluss. Well, Fluss is going to get a job. There's a clown here. His name is Zach Kiefer. Zach Kiefer is a writer for The Athletic. He, I taught him in school. He was an ass-kissing little punk that we used to laugh about when I was teaching Calvin Sampson's basketball class, and he would be like, hi, guys. He became a writer for The Athletic, and nobody kissed ass better than Zach Kiefer. He actually did what people said was a pretty good podcast going into the history of Andrew Luck and his injury, except he forgot one thing. He forgot to interview Luck, and he forgot to interview the general manager at the time, Ryan Grigson. But people loved it because Zach Kiefer's an ass kisser. Well, they all these little ass kissers called him Fluss. <laughs> Fluss sucks. I told you, Tom Waddle. I told you, Sylvie in Chicago. Fluss sucks. The Bears were the worst coach team, the worst prepared team. And I got to tell you, Justin Fields is awful. Awful. We'll be right back. I got a lot more NFL, and I want to talk about that guy right there. That guy right there just fit right in, took over for Aaron Rodgers, and as he said, nothing's even changed. We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. We got so many advertisers dying to advertise on this show that we made our choice. It's points bet. It's the perfect moment exclusively. First time point bet points bet users. Here's the offer. Place an initial bet of 50 bucks. Very, very simple. I do it tonight. I'm doing it on the Jets. I think the Jets game tonight is going to be fantastic and receive an official jersey from fanatics.com. If jerseys aren't your thing, look, $50 bet, you can opt for $150 in credit to Fanatics, and you can load up with what you truly want. Points Bets is making this easy for you. Look, you got to be 21 or older. Get your head in the game. Here's all you got to do is go to outkick.com slash bets. Do it right now. Right now, all you people on the YouTube chat, go to outkick.com slash bets to snag this offer. Discover the incredible deals from our partner, Points Bets Sportsbook. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we got a great show for you today. Perfect day. It's 9-11, and I will never forget. I will not. I know where I was. I'm not going to bore you with it, but if you want something interesting, there is a man named Ari Fleischer. Ari Fleischer was the press secretary to George W. Bush at the time of 9-11, and every 9-11, Ari puts on his Twitter page an actual rundown of what was going on inside and around the White House, inside the world of George W. Bush, as the planes were hitting the towers, as folks were fighting back, and the people were yelling, let's go. Don't ever forget. I got goosebumps. Don't ever forget 9-11. Don't do it. My biggest regret in life ah, is my assistant coach and I, Keith Knobs. He was from New York. We had our car packed. We were going to drive. We were just going to help. We were just going to help in some way. Car was packed. He gets a call from his aunt who lives right there. And she said, do not come. You cannot get in here. 
Turned out that was not right. We could have gotten in. We could have put gloves on, masks on, and we could have helped. And it sucks that we didn't. And I'm still mad about it to this day. Uh, all right. You ready? I love Jordan Love. Yeah, it's overreaction Monday. Yes, it is. But Jordan Love decided he was going to go out and kick the living hell out of the Chicago Bears. Now, you got to understand something. I'm a Bears fan. I'm a Bears fan. I like the Bears. I grew up the Bears. If the Bears lost, which they did often on Sundays, it made my life miserable. And I've never cared one way or the other about the Green Bay Packers. I've always felt like the Green Bay Packers are dull. I've always felt like the Green Bay Packers are uninteresting. I've always felt like the Green Bay Packers can pretty much kiss my dupayage. But man, oh man, oh man, have they kicked the living crap out of the Bears. And all Jordan Love did was step up, throw three touchdown passes, and all the Packers did was make the Bears' offensive line look like Swiss cheese. And oh, by the way, made Justin Fields look a mess, and I'm all in on Justin Fields. Aaron Jones looked like O.J. Simpson back in the day. Whenever I go to great running backs, I always go to O.J. Simpson or Walter Payton. It's not a diss against the murder victims. It's just who people of my generation do. Or if I see somebody in the airport, I go, run, O.J., run. Don't at me about it. Chicago Bears were 25-5 and with Aaron Rodgers under center against the Bears. I'm sorry, the Green Bay Packers were 25-5 and with Aaron Rodgers under center against the Bears. They're 1-0 with Jordan Love, 22-10 and with Favre. Last year, the Bears went 3-14 and with Fluss, Matt Eberfluss. Good for Matt Eberfluss, though. He sold his home on the ninth hole at Bridgewater. All he did was go 15-27, 244 yards, 123.2 quarterback rating. I don't know what to tell you. That dude could ball. Dan, you're negative on the Colts. Hey, look, don't at me, people. I already told you why. Come on, let's be honest. When you lose in the fourth quarter, you stinks. Uh, best player in the NFL yesterday, just my opinion, Tua Tungavailoa. Tua Tungavailoa's team scored 36 points on the road. Tua Tungavailoa threw for over 400 yards uh, on the road. Tua Tungavailoa threw four, three touchdown passes and an interception. Tua Tungavailoa wasn't good yesterday. Tua Tungavailoa was great yesterday. Tua Tungavailoa was my player of the day yesterday. I'm going to go to Twitter, or better yet, I'm going to go to the YouTube chat and see who you think was your player of the day yesterday. But I got to tell you, you're going to be hard-pressed to find anybody that was better than Tua Tungavailoa. He went on the road. Now, understand this. The Chargers are one of those teams that every single person thinks is good. On the come, Justin Herbert, big money deal. He's the next big thing. Joe Burrow, same hair, same swagger. Really? Just uh, Justin Herbert hasn't beaten anybody. There's a saying in coaching. He can't, well, let's just call it, he can't Mel Tucker himself. That's just one of the, you know, ways it goes. But anyway, so Tua Tungavailoa said, screw you. I'm going in. And oh, by the way, whether you like him or not, Tyreek Hill is really, 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 really. I'm going to say it. I'm nodding my head as I'm saying it. Ty- Tyreek Hill is stupid. 
good. Stupid good. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He's really, 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 really good. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Worst prepared team, Giants Bears. Worst coach team, Chicago Bears. I'll make the argument, worst player, Justin Fields. Softest team, Indianapolis Colts. They got, they got outscored 14 to nothing. When they had to get a stop, they couldn't get a stop. I know I have bias here. I know. Coach that continues doing what he does, Frank Reich, ass kicked by the Falcons. Just saying. The Beat Goes On Award, Green Bay Packers. Second best team, the 49ers, went into the Steelers and boot stomped them. You can make an argument that the 49ers were the best team. But the best team, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. But the Dallas Cowboys have won. Excuse me. Dallas Cowboys, every year at this time, they're great. All I can go by is what's happening this year. That's all I can go by. That's it. What else can I go by? 40 to nothing. On the road. In New York. In a rainstorm. Means you are the best team in the freaking NFL yesterday. Are you going to be the best team in the NFL tomorrow? I don't know. Or next week, I don't know. But I know this. They are the best team in the NFL right now. They had the best performance. They played the best. When you shut an NFL team out at home that just signed a running back who supposedly is the greatest thing ever, I've told you Saquon Barkley and running backs don't matter, and then you give a massive contract to Daniel Jones and you shut them out and drop 40? I don't know what to tell you. I had a bad gambling weekend, awful gambling weekend, but it wasn't as bad. It was not as bad as Drake. Drake lost, listen to this, $500,000. When Israel... Adesanya lost $500,000. Hey, honey, uh, had a bad weekend. Not a go. Eh, dropped half a mil. On what? UFC fight. Huh. Better get your DoorDash bag. Better do it. Better get your DoorDash bag. Better get out there or you better do a concert. Because I ain't having this. Good for Drake. I think it'd be such a rush to bet $500,000. I'd lose my mind if I bet over $100,000. dollars about it for me. But I ain't mad at you. Uh, Joe Biden in the news. Joe Biden thought it was cute to say, Good evening, Vietnam, while in Hanoi, as he mistakes Robin Williams' anti-war movie for a song. Joe Biden, the moron in chief, does it again. Let's hear from Joe Biden. It was easy, didn't it? This around the world in five days is interesting. Well, uh, you know, there's that one of my staff members said, remember the famous song, you know, Good Morning Vietnam? Well, good evening, Vietnam. Uh, and 
good morning back in America. And uh, I see. I'm just following my orders here. Uh, staff, is there anybody haven't spoken? To, uh, I ain't calling on you. I'm calling. I said I had five questions. Anita, VOA. The idiot in chief just can't not screw up. Today, on the anniversary of 9-11, Joe Biden is not in New York. Today, on the anniversary of 9-11, Joe Biden is in Alaska. Honest to God. I don't know who did it. I don't know who did it, but whoever voted for him, you're an idiot. Now, that's all I'm going to say. I, I don't care. Uh, you're an idiot. If you voted for that lying, thieving, cheating D-bag of a human being, you're an idiot. That's all I got. I mean, it's not that hard. I mean, if you voted for him, that's what you did. That's what you are. I mean, look what you did here. Uh, this I like. This I really like. This is awesome. Our staff is doing a great job today. We got a lot of videos. Um, Glenn Youngkin is the governor of Virginia. Glenn Youngkin pardoned the father of a girl raped in her school bathroom by a boy in a skirt after he was convicted for erupting in fury at a school board member. He should never have been prosecuted. I would vote for this guy just for that. Let's watch the video. Uh, my daughter gets raped in a bathroom by a boy in a skirt. I got to tell you something. I'm going to jail, period. Good for Glenn Young. And common sense, maybe, maybe, maybe prevails. There's a guy named Danny Masterson. Danny Masterson was a guy that was on that 70s show. Apparently he was very popular in Hollywood. Apparently in Hollywood, he was also a serial rapist. Danny Masterson got sentenced to 30 years to life in prison for rape. Two Hollywood idiots, Austin Kusher and uh, what's that idiot? Uh, Mila Kunis. I call people idiots a lot. Maybe I should stop that. But in this case, it's warranted. They actually sent letters of support of Danny Masterson to a judge. Now, of course, they got called out on it. And, of course, no one's going to say anything because Austin Kutcher's so cute. I got to tell you, Mila Kunis without makeup looks god-awful. And they're both, they're both clowns. Let me go with clowns. But they had to apologize, sort of. These two clowns, well, just watch. Just watch. What are you doing sending a letter? What are you doing sending letters to the judge in support of rapists. What is wrong with you people in Hollywood? Let's watch this idiot here. Go to jail. Go. Get to jail, you smug prick. Go ahead. We are aware of the pain that has been caused by the character letters that we wrote on behalf of Danny Masterson. We support victims. We have done this historically through our work and will continue to do so in the future. A couple months ago, Danny's family reached out to us and they asked us 
to write character letters to represent the person that we knew for 25 years so that the judge could take that into full consideration relative to the sentencing. The letters were not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling. They were intended for the judge to read um, and not to undermine the testimony of the victims or re-traumatize them in any way. We would never want to do that. And we're sorry if that has taken place. Our heart goes out to every single person who's ever been a victim of sexual assault, sexual abuse, or rape. Yeah, they should be canceled. Uh, they they should be canceled. They they they're hor You could tell. Uh, and the, the, right in the middle of it, this is what I'm good at. Right in the middle of it, you can see the excuse. They were written for a judge and never intended to be public. How stupid are you? Honest to God, and how God all. I mean, they're they're just such horrible human beings. They they are just horrible, 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 horrible human beings. I don't even like cancel culture. I don't. I don't like cancel culture. I don't like anything about it. But those two should be canceled. All right. The offensive coordinator for Oklahoma. The offensive coordinator for Oklahoma. His father-in-law is Art Bryles. Art Bryles was on the field after Oklahoma's win over SMU. And, of course, uh, white liberal media reporter didn't like it. Yeah, okay. Art Bryles was an idiot. Art Bryles accepted things that no coach that had a brain, even a little bit of a brain, or any empathy should ever accept. But our, Art Bryles is the offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy's father-in-law. And everybody's up in arms in this fake outrage. Let's listen. Did you, Jeff, did you have, did you reach out to Art Bryles and invite him onto the sideline tonight? That's my father-in-law. That's, yeah, so he's my father-in-law. That's a grandfather to my two kids. So he was down with our entire family after the game, well after the game, but he was down there and with the entire family. I think there's going to be people that have trouble squaring that a little bit because of his. Yeah, well, that, again, he's with his entire family. That's my father-in-law. That's a grandfather to my two kids. Yeah, I mean, it's simple, dipshit. Uh, that's his father-in-law. He's on the field. Look, I see Ray Lewis in commercials. Ray Lewis in commercials. I saw Chris Webber doing games for the NCAA tournament at ESPN. These dudes lie. Uh, uh, Ray Lewis involved in murder. Don't even try this. Kobe Bryant is considered a patriarch of philosophy, mamba mentality, and he's a rapist. Well, maybe he's not. He paid off. I shouldn't say allegedly. <laughs> he paid off a woman to avoid continuing a trial, which, according to his own people, he was going to get convicted in. But yet he is a philosopher. But this guy, this old man, who let heinous things go, can't come down on the field with his grandkids? Stop it. Just stop the fake outrage. Just stop the nonsense. Just stop the garbage. Stop making up things. we got a great country, but we just make up crap. So good for Jeff Levy. Jeff Levy stood there, and I can tell. I can read his body language. He's like, yeah, Ryder boy, you're such a jackass. It's grandfather. Grandfather with his kids. He can't, what's, what's he supposed to do? I mean, you're never going to hear a white media guy be critical of Peyton Manning in his little uh, things here, having Ray Lewis on his show, a guy that was involved in murder 
and lied about it, ratted people out of a murder to get back his freedom. Oh, we're not mad about that. Mamba mentality. I got Jim Tressel quoting Kobe Bryant. Just read up a little bit about Kobe Bryant. Read the police report on Kobe Bryant, but he's a great philosopher. Oh, he was welcomed in Hollywood. He was welcomed in the NBA. Yeah? He actually did the stuff, allegedly. This clown, Bryles, just covered up. I'm not defending Bryles, but I will defend his right to go down on a field. What are you talking about? Uh, You'll never hear white boy media, little liberal media guy, be critical of Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis just walks around doing whatever he wants, being all Ray Lewis. Hey, let's get Ray Lewis on the Manning cast. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Hey, good for Jeff Levy, man. No, great for Jeff Levy. He stood up. He should have just said, hey, screw you. White media guy, football reporter, did you watch watch Swamp Kings? Like, everybody in Swamp Kings looked presentable, except a guy named Pat Dooley, a writer, a liberal-ass writer, looked like a complete slob. The players that were interviewed, great, carried themselves well. Urban, great. But the slob-ass writer boy, that's who they are. They're just slobs and pigs, and I don't like them. I think they suck. I do. I hate them. What else we got here? All right, back to the NFL, ladies and gentlemen. Back to the NFL. I told you about the Green Bay Packers. I told you that the Green Bay Packers went into Soldier Field and belly whomped the Bears. Here's a problem you have now if you're the Bears. You're 3-14. and 14. You brought in all these players. You got a coach you don't believe in. But here's even bigger. The fans are booing like crazy. Booing like crazy. The fans are nuts. Let's examine where were fans booing. New York was insane last night. The Giants, I turned the game off, but man, oh man, think about this. You're an NFL fan. It's opening day. You're excited. You signed Barkley. You signed Jones. You're a Bears fan. You signed DJ Moore. You got all these guys. Justin Fields, some of the idiots in the media are talking about Justin Fields as MVP. And two minutes in, you're watching the game and you're like, huh, we got no shot. And it gets worse. This is a great picture. It gets worse. And it never gets better. Like, let's be honest here. If you watch the Bears game, and I did, and you watch the Giants game, and I did, it was never. They could have played those games forever, and it wasn't going to get better. I'll give the Colts, and I'll give Carolina this. Both teams got beat. Both teams have horrible cultures. But at least the starting quarterbacks, the rookies, look pretty good. Anthony Richardson looked pretty good. Did he look great? No. But he looked pretty good. Is he inaccurate? Crazy inaccurate. But he looked pretty That's a great. Look at this guy. He looked pretty good. Bryce Young looked pretty good. C.J. Stroud did not look pretty good. And Ryan Tannehill, man, 
I got to tell you, memo to Will Levis and Malik Willis. If you can't beat out Ryan Tannehill, you got to maybe sort of think about using your degree on something else in the near future because he was horrible. Keep them coming, Ryan. These are great pictures. Keep them coming. But that's my thing. Even the San Diego Chargers, you lost a shootout. Who cares? Great thing. Hell of a game. You got hope. Steelers, hyped up. Mike Tomlin is the greatest coach ever. Kenny Pickett's our man. He lived and worked in the same locker room in college. He's great, 30-7. to Think about this as I recap the rest of the NFL. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy basically told everybody, shut the hell up. Yeah, you think I'm a flash in the pan? He threw two touchdowns, returning from elbow surgery, and it was 30-7. to 30-7. to Now, I don't know about you, but here's what Brock Purdy did. Here's what I look at. Brock Purdy threw a touchdown six minutes into the game. This is important. Listen up. This is why you watch our show. Brock Purdy, after a field goal, then threw another touchdown. So his two touchdowns made it 17 to zip early in the fourth quarter. It's not like they had an interception return, a fumble, blah, 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 and it got to be 17 to zip, and then Purdy threw two touchdown passes. No. His two touchdown passes made those people very, very sad. This is what – see, Andrew Luck used to do this for the Colts. Andrew Luck used to throw interception. Colts get down 21 to 6, 21 to 3. And then Andrew Luck was awesome at getting the Colts down the field. He was the comeback kid. But he screwed the game up, and then he'd come to the sidelines and go, oh, God dang, God dang. I I really screwed that up. Oh, I was thinking. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There's a difference in doing it from the start, on the road, against a big-time tradition, against a big-time culture like the Pittsburgh Steelers, and there's a difference doing it late in the game when the game's over or to come back in a game. And the 49ers, I swear to God, could plug me in there and they'd probably win a damn game. They probably would. Joe Burrow, you needed your ass kicked. You got your ass kicked. Let's see how you bounce back. Baker Mayfield, you got your ass kicked in Cleveland. You bounced back with the Rams and you really bounced back last night again, or yesterday, against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. But let's see what you do next week. All right, when we come back, Kim Russell, Oberlin College. Oberlin College, Brown, these schools are the worst places, according to, going back, Men's Health Magazine. That's right. Men's Health Magazine said Oberlin and Brown University were the worst places for men to work. Oberlin's a small school, I think, over by Cleveland. Oberlin College fired Kim Russell after 27 years. What was Kim Russell's crime? Well, she said women should be women and men should be men. And they too shall not cross. But Oberlin's mad about it. So the lacrosse coach of 27 years, Kim Russell, got the axe. Huh. All right. We'll talk to Kim Russell next. 
That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Seven years, Kim Russell was a lacrosse coach, and it's really interesting at Oberlin College, and she's always, she's been considered a lot of things. Kim, I was reading about you. You were once considered the hippie coach. You had shoot, uh, wore sock, or excuse me, went barefooted, did all kind of things that the, quote, hippies do. And now, ladies and gentlemen, well, Kim Russell got fired at Oberlin for basically expressing, well, I'll let you explain it, but women should compete against women. Men should compete against men. And, oh, by the way, there are biological differences. That got you fired, Kim. Actually, I have not been fired. Um, oh, good. I... I have not been fired. I go in for a meeting at two today to discuss my role. Um, and yes, uh, I do coach barefoot. <laughs> I have coached for 27 years and um, have been a longtime athlete myself and am a mother of four. So I am a huge proponent of everyone playing sports and of women and girls having a space that the women before me fought so hard for us to get. My wife was one of those women, so I'm very passionate. So let me back up a second. Uh, you have not been fired. So what are you going to discuss this afternoon at 2 o'clock? What's the meeting going to be about? Uh, I have just been told that it is with the Director of Human Resources and the Athletic Director um, to discuss my role. So I will be listening. Does that role include being the lacrosse coach? I don't know. I'm I'm going in to Seriously? hear what they have to say. I don't know what they will propose in this meeting. Oh, man. All right, let's go to this. Why do you think, I, 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 I guess this is interesting, um, why do you think it's so controversial to say that women should compete against women and men should compete against men. And then in fact, there is science to back up the fact that there are biological differences. Why is that controversial? Oh, Dan, that's such a good question. Um, I do not believe it's controversial. And I believe if we are going to allow trans women to play, um, so biological males to play in women's and girls sports, why do we even have women's or girls sports? Why would we have Title IX? Why are all there? Why is all there this legislation for women if we're going to take away these opportunities? So I, I don't What's understand the, the controversy. Has anybody? I, I, I'm sure you've asked that question. Is there any answer that you've ever gotten? No. What is the like? What 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 when 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 somebody comes to you and says, Kim? We got a problem, all right? You shared a video where, you know, you said biological men and biological women have differences. Is it a free speech issue? What, what is the issue with you expressing this? I feel like this is a free speech issue, a little bit like what Sage Steele sued ESPN and won a ton of money off of for expressing views of her own. Is this a free speech issue? Absolutely. So there's the free speech issue. And then, um, again, like your wife, like you, I am passionate about girls and women having 
the space to compete against each other, that there are massive scientific biological differences between men and women. Um, one, I've had amazing support from all over the world. And one of the people who sent me an email in support and sent it to the president of Oberlin and the athletic director had a study from Duke University that shows that men are faster than boys who are faster than women. And it showed the percentages. Then it showed the percentages of men are stronger than boys who are stronger than women and showed the percentages. Then men, uh, boys have more stamina than men who have more stamina than women. So when it comes to sports and you just take those few things into consideration, it's not an even playing field when you allow a biological male onto the field with women. If you're gonna play co-ed, you're going in knowing, right? But if you're going to play on a women's team or on a girl's team, we want a level playing field. We fought. Kim, you've been this. coaching 20, you, you, you've been coaching 27 years. I coached for tw 25 years. Could you imagine 10 years ago, 20 years ago, even having this discussion? No, <laughs> it is, <laughs> um, to me, it's complete insanity. And I do, I do understand that, um, this, this want for inclusion, right? This, this desire for everybody to be loved. And I understand that I love you, whoever you want to be, but it doesn't mean that I want a biological male playing on the field with the girls I'm coaching with any other woman or being in our spaces where for safety purposes, I feel that we really need women only spaces and girls only locker rooms. So that I'm also extremely uh, passionate about that. And if there needs to be another space um, for trans, then let's have another space, but girls and women, Biological women and biological girls for safety also need their own spaces. Here's what irritates me, and I've said, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, let's, I don't care who you are, I don't care what you're doing, but okay, if you want to play sports, have a trans league and let's go. But here's what, here's what frustrates me. Women that are transitioning to men compete against women. Men that are transitioning to women compete against women. Like, why is it all we're going to compete against women? Like, Yale had a boy, man, young man, that was transitioning to a female. He was on the Yale softball team, playing against my stepdaughter, who was on the, Yale, or the Harvard women's team. Leah Thomas is a man, excuse me, is a man transitioning to a woman, and he competes against women. I, I, it's like women don't matter. Let's just throw everybody against women and figure it out. Yeah. Um, you will find, you know, a few biological women who are transitioning who will compete with the men. Um, and I believe it's to make a statement. Um, however, the ability to actually compete in those spaces um, is extremely difficult. Right, right. Let, 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 let me walk back. It, 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 you know, I, I, all right, Oberlin College. It, it, 
are, are, if a student, now let me just, let me just see if I, 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 you're a white female, middle, I, I don't ever get into women's ages, excuse me, but. 56, I'm okay, 56. Uh, <laughs> all right, you're a young I, lady. I am the you're oldest coach. To me. I'm the oldest head coach on staff at Oberlin College. Okay. So I look at it like this, and maybe I'm wrong. You're an easy target. Would Oberlin have the same problem if a student said the same thing? Are they targeting you? Are they targeting free speech from their coaches? Is, is there something more going on here because of what, what your demographic is? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I know that, um, that I am not alone, that there are many others who are so afraid to speak out, and that's why I'm speaking I think Oberlin is a microcosm of what's going on everywhere and that at um, schools everywhere, whether it's colleges or high schools or elementary schools and sports, um, that it's happening everywhere. And so many people are afraid to speak up because they're afraid to be canceled. And my kids joke, they, they say, Mama, you've already been canceled twice, so you may as well start talking. <laughs> I got to tell you, that's the reason I left ESPN. I was on ESPN, and I, I just got – the world around me was nuts, and I wasn't allowed to speak. Others were yeah. allowed to speak that had a different demographic. And so, you know, I, 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 do you think – last thing before I let you go and you can get on with your day, do you think that that is changing? Do you think that now maybe people like OutKick here or, or others are, are okay-ish – to speak out without just being absolutely crushed? I don't think so. I'm going to tell you my, I've seen what's happened to my friends, uh, Samantha Ponder and, and Sage Steele at ESPN getting crushed and called transphobic by USA Today. I'm not necessarily sure it's getting any better for people. Um, I believe that it is, but that a very um, small group has a very loud voice and it's the mob mentality. So the way the media is putting it out there is everybody believes that that is the majority and it really isn't. And from the support I've gotten since speaking out, I have only gotten positive, amazing thousands of emails and calls and texts and direct messages. And I didn't even know how to use Twitter. And my son said, mama, you're <laughs> blowing up on Twitter. And I said, oh, how do I even read the comments? <laughs> So it's been so heartwarming and humbling, the amount of support. I was at a U.S. Hall of Fame um, event this past Saturday outside of Philadelphia where my college coach, who is the GOAT of women's lacrosse, was honored in like her eighth Hall of Fame something. And she brought up in her, in her speech of acceptance – she said, and one of my former players is here who also went to my high school. And this is what she's talking about. Please read her story. So there are so many people out there in every demographic um, who are afraid to speak. And I am speaking up in hopes that it gives somebody else the courage to know there are so many people out here supporting you. And this is not about trying to hurt anyone else. It is protecting women and girls and protecting the opportunities that we didn't have before. And they're being taken away again. And this is about 
how do we how do we love each other through this and speak up and have conversations and know that this is all okay like we need to take our space back and not be afraid to do it and that's not transphobic that's not no. hate speech that's common sense and nobody's saying you know, everybody, in fact, like you that I've talked to and myself, look, have a have a transphobic division of whatever you want to have or not transphobic, have a have a transgender division. Always. It's not hate. And that's the problem I think people have. They immediately get branded as transphobic or hateful or hate speech. I think I think that's the biggest issue people have, because that's the only response to this. And I'm not going to call it the other side because we should all be on the same side. But but that's the answer to what you said. Well, you're transphobic or you're hateful. You're giving hate speech. And that's just not right. It's not accurate. No, not at all. Um, you know, I've coached a few trans athletes and I got the most heartwarming letter from one of them this summer thanking me for the support that I gave her and thanking me for what she learned as a coach and as a teacher. Um, and this... This is simply about women, Title IX, having the ability to play against other women and girls. And yeah. that's it. You know, and conversation, last thing free speech. Don't be afraid to speak, people. Like, this is really important. Right. We need to speak up. Especially I coaches. I thought that's kind of what college was. I always thought that's what, uh, uh, as a college coach, I was coaching Bowling Green for 10 years, Indiana for 15 years, 16 years, and I always thought that those two places, pretty liberal schools, I mean, I always thought that's what I taught. Like on September 11th, I told my players, we'd cancel workouts, we educated on what went down, and we said, look, whatever, side, whatever you feel like saying, don't be afraid to say it. Just don't, hey, look, that's what college is for. That's what a college campus is supposed to be about. Not shutting down those whose speech you disagree with. And I mean shutting them down. Like, you got to go in front of human resources today, which, as you know, as a coach, is never a good thing, for crying out loud. That's never a good thing. That's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. No, and I agree with you. So, you know, I've been basically told um, to be quiet and coach a few times. Um I coach girls and women, and I've been told I am not allowed to talk about their cycles. And that's insanity. Um, we work differently than men. Uh, there is so much research that has just come out in the last few years about um, how in different weeks, you're better at big decisions, you're better at creativity, you're better at detail-oriented, and different times you should rest, different times you should do high intensity exercise, different foods you should eat. And so why don't we use these tools to be better at everything, at performing, at enjoying life, right? And living our, as our best selves. And if we're not going to talk about that, um, yeah, I let's have conversations. Come on, please. It goes back, it goes, it goes back to my thing. It, it, it goes back. My, 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 wife, my wife's team at Syracuse, softball team at Syracuse. Now, Syracuse is 375 degrees below zero with snow, 
and she takes a team, wins the uh, ACC, takes the team to one pitch away from the College World Series. She goes in with her sport coordinator, and they don't, they don't congratulate her. They say she needs to be more loving and nurturing. And my wife looks at her and goes, well, would you say that to Jim Beheim, the men's coach? Like, is that what we do? And it goes back to my point, Kim. For some reason, it's like easy to attack women. Don't talk about their cycles. Don't talk about food. Don't talk about this. Don't it's insanity what's happening with women's sports. That, to me, is the, bigger, the biggest issue. We just pile it all on women. Um, you know, I'm with you. I'm with you on this. And I'm just hoping that, again, more people will speak out, especially coaches. Um, but I also know that they are all afraid of losing their jobs. Um, I've talked sure. to many who've reached out to me and they all say, I can't believe, you know, thank you. I can't believe you've had the courage to do this. And, um, Another that I saw this weekend said, we just talked about you at our coaches meeting. And I said, um, and she's at a you know D1 college. And I said, and what did they tell you? Be careful what you say. I said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you cannot have conversations. And how about we have conversations like to listen, to understand each other and to help each other grow, like challenge each other. What do you believe? And it's okay, right? What do you believe and why? Let's do this. Let's get better. That's what, that's that's what free speech is supposed to. That's what free speech is supposed to promote, not limit. Right there, what you just said. Yeah. You know what the great thing is about getting older, Kim? If you listened and you saved money, you don't give a rat's ass about losing your job. I'm 61. I'm like, screw it. Do whatever you want. Hopefully, <laughs> yes. yep. Kim, good luck today. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Good luck today. I, I'm really, um, how will a guy like me, because I'm not done here with you, lady. I want to know what happens in this meeting. Uh, tell your son to figure out how to get on Twitter and DM Dan Dockage on Twitter <laughs> and let me know what happens. I'm, I'm really curious uh, my wife just texted me, says, Dan, we got to know what happens in this meeting. So please, if you don't mind, Kim, love to know. And good luck. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on here oh. and giving me another platform to say, come on, guys, let's do this. Speak up. We got to save our girls and women. Let's go. We do. We absolutely do. And you're a perfect voice for it. You're awesome. Thank you so Thank much, you. Kim. Please let us know. You're welcome. I will. It's our pleasure. She's I think I might even be able to I do that know. now. <laughs> I hope you do. I hope you do. I do. Have I want to know. Day. Thank you, Kim. I want to know what's happening here because I'm telling you, as a coach, you got to call in before human resources. It ain't great, but you know what? There are some things worth fighting for, and I swear to you, I, I admire women like Kim Russell. Kim Russell, what'd she say? She's 56 years old. She could have just gone along. What do they call it? Gone along to get along? But but she sacked up. You know, that's our family motto in the Dockage family. Sack the hell up. Something goes bad, sack up. Something goes good, keep going. And she is speaking out, and she is absolutely right. I guarantee you the silent majority, which needs not be silent anymore on issues like this, is in her favor. But I also guarantee you that 99% of coaches are going, hey, man, wait a second. I, 
I, I don't need this. And that sucks because I've always believed, like, I, I didn't. I, I went and slept in a field for apartheid when I was in college as a basketball player in Indiana. I didn't know what apartheid was until I decided to check it out. And I always thought, you know what? I'm going to college. I'm supposed to speak on issues. I remember Bill Walton doing that, and I thought, hey, but good for Kim. I want to absolutely know what in the hell is going on here. Stock up, stock down, ladies and gentlemen. That was fantastic, and I thank Kim and all of her people for having coming on here. It was awesome. Thank you, Katie, for getting that done, as always. Look, stock up, stock down. I got it. Ladies and gentlemen, stock up Kim Russell for speaking out. That's right. Kim Russell is not being quiet. Kim Russell, 27 years as a coach, uh, lacrosse, women's coach, Oberlin College, in 8 million different halls of fame, has a legacy beyond any other. Players that absolutely respect her come back, but she really put it all on the line to speak. So we will always support that. Stock up. Governor Kyle Youngkin in the great state of Virginia pardoning a man who went nuts at a school board meeting after his daughter was raped in a bathroom by a transgender boy in a skirt, as they called him. He went nuts. He got convicted. He, ladies and gentlemen, went to jail, and the governor of Virginia pardoned him. Let's have some common sense in our law. Stock up, Texas football. Texas football last year had a real chance to beat Alabama at home and get the Sarkeesian era started. Well, guess what? Quinn Ewers, the quarterback, got hurt. Dream over. This year in Tuscaloosa against Alabama, Quinn Ewers at all just started dominating stuff. The line on both sides kicked the living crap out of Alabama, and Alabama goes down at home in kind of a rout. I mean, if that game had continued going, guess what? Texas would not have come back. Or excuse me, Texas would not have given up the lead. Alabama would have gotten its beat even by more. Tyreek Hill, I don't know what to tell you. You can like him, you can dislike him. But from a purely football standpoint, Tyreek Hill is electric. Like, hey, I think Tyreek Hill is the prototype of what every NFL team should need. A quick guy that can get open. Maybe the Colts found one in a kid named Josh Downs. But Tyreek Hill is no joke. And the combination of Tyreek Hill and Tua Tungavailoa led the Dolphins to a 36-34 victory, and all Tyreek Hill did was listen to this. 11 catches, 215 yards, 19.5 yards a carry, two touchdowns, and a long of 47. Jalen Waddle, four catches, 78 yards, 19.5 yards a carry, no touchdowns, but is a stud. Actually threw to Tyreek Hill 15 times in the game. Don't at me, people. Jordan Love, ah. I'm not going to make this a referendum at all about, well, you got to sit quarterbacks for a couple years. Let me say this. Quarterbacks that have sat for a few years, including Brett Favre in Atlanta, have done really well with the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love, 15 to 27, 248 yards, three touchdowns. Three rushes, 12 yards, made his own clothes, taught Arthur Murray dancing, is a whiz in the kitchen. He, baby, has all of it. Stock down, Mel Tugger. Mel decided he was going to get on the phone 
with a sexual assault advocate and go Jeffrey Tubin on it. Yeah, he did. And then explain that, man, I hate my marriage. I don't like it. Blah, 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 blah. Stock down also to the lady Tracy for being involved in this as well. You're an advocate. You're a professional. You're paid by Michigan State. Get your ass away from this. No reason for you to be involved in something like this. Brenda Tracy, no reason. Stock down to you too. This is one of the weirdest, oddest things that I have ever come across in my lifetime of being in sports. Mel Tugger and his fate will be decided somewhat at 5 o'clock today as the skeeziest university in America, Michigan State, its interim president and AD will hold a press conference. They will gum it up. Here's the problem. Michigan State knew about this investigation for a long, long time. Only when it became public did Michigan State decide to do something to it. And those of you that say Mel Tucker, Mel Tugger, and his personal life should be kept out of this, I disagree. He intersected them when he brought Brenda Tracy, the advocate, to Michigan State, made her an honorary captain, spoke in front of the team two times, and paid her 10 grand. I'm just saying, I'm sorry, they had a press conference yesterday at 5 o'clock where they announced he was going to be suspended without pay. My bad, that's why Nick is the best. He just straightened me out. Austin Kusher and Mila Kunis. Can we play this ridiculous video again? So these two idiots decided that they were going to write a letter in support of a serial rapist, a guy named Daniel Masterson. Daniel Masterson was a friend of theirs on The 70s Show. Daniel Masterson got sentenced for many rapes, three in fact, uh, 32 life in prison. These two clowns got caught. So, of course, these two clowns decided they were going to go on camera. Can I show the video real quick or no? We are aware of the pain that has been caused by the character letters that we wrote on behalf of Danny Masterson. We support victims. We have done this historically through our work and will continue to do so in the future. A couple months ago, Danny's family reached out to us and they asked us, to write character letters, to represent the person that we knew for 25 years so that the judge could take that into full consideration relative to the sentencing. The letters were not written to question the legitimacy of the judicial system or the validity of the jury's ruling. They were intended for the judge to read um, and not to undermine the testimony of the victims or re-traumatize them in any way. We would never want to do that. And we're sorry if that has taken place. Our heart goes out to every single person who's ever been a victim of sexual assault, sexual abuse, or rape. There you go. Yeah. Hey, put on some makeup, show your breasts, put your finger in your mouth. It'll be all right, Mila Kunis. And I don't even know what Austin Kusher is. He's not even good in two and a half men. I think these two should be canceled. I think these two should never be allowed to be in front of us again. I dislike them immensely, and I thought what they did right there was ridiculous. Joe Biden, can we show the videos of Joe and Joe Biden, please? This is Joe Biden. Currently, Joe Biden on 9-11 is in Alaska. Is he in New York? Of course not, because this smug jackass, jackass-in-chief, has no sensibility about the American people. He's America's worst human being. He just is. If you don't believe me, good for you. But this is what this clown decided to do in Vietnam. Good to see you, 
this around the world in five days is interesting. Well, uh, you know, there's that one of my staff members said, remember the famous song, you know, Good Morning Vietnam? Well, good evening, Vietnam. Uh, and uh, good morning back in America. And uh, I see, I'm just following my orders here. Uh, Staff, is there anybody haven't spoken? To, uh, I ain't calling on you. I'm calling on you. I said they had five questions. Anita from VOA. The bumbler in chief was in Vietnam, stumbling, fumbling, bumbling. And of course, on 9 11, the goof in chief cannot get back to New York. We'll talk to a man who is an American hero, Nate Boyer, played in the NFL. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, he, well, yeah, I think we had Nate on before and I really liked him. He was a walk-on at the University of Texas. We're going to talk about Texas football after serving six years in the U.S. Army, multiple tours in Iraq and Afghanistan, despite never having played organized football. I got to get his thoughts on 9-11. I got to get his thoughts on Texas football. The perfect guest for today is coming up, Nate Boyer. Never forget 9-11. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Hey, Nate Boyer walked on at the University of Texas after serving six years in multiple tours in Afghanistan and Iraq. You're the perfect guy to have here because, as you said, we're going to talk about two distinctly different things, 9-11 and, of course, Texas football. I want to start with 9-11. This day, everybody remembers where they were. Everybody remembers what they were doing. What does this day mean to you? What feelings, what emotions, uh, what comes out in you on this day every year? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it being 22 years later, to think about, to, to tie it into to football, honestly, um, to think that the, the, the guys on the field, for instance, on Saturday, all the players, not, like none of them were alive or were babies when this wow. happened. It was wild to me because it doesn't seem that long ago. Um, but, you know, I was actually I was living in Los Angeles. I was 20 years old. Uh, I actually considered the military my senior year in high school and didn't end up signing up. Just wasn't quite sure. Honestly, did wasn't quite sure I'd make the cut or if I was the right kind of guy for the job. I had what it took, you know. And then uh, when 9-11 happened, uh, I noticed a lot of people sign up, a lot of men and women across the country, across the world, people from other countries even did, you know, and uh, I was I was inspired by that a lot. And and I still didn't just so, uh, excuse me, still didn't sign up right away. But I ended up enlisting uh, a couple of years later when I found out that there was an opportunity to come in off the street uh, and try out for the special forces. Uh, there was a new program they'd opened up called the 18 X-ray program. When I learned about that. I just wanted to be a part of that. I mean, not only is it one of the most elite units, but as the war uh, continued to ramp up and we were going to Iraq as well as Afghanistan uh, and just more and more people joining and the surge happening, I just felt like I had to be a part of that. And, you know, I love this country and I still do. And and I wanted to do what I could to not only, to, honestly, it wasn't even about as much about protecting the freedoms we have here. It was more about 
hoping to provide the opportunity for freedoms in other places that that just don't have what we have here. You know, no, we're not perfect, but we got a lot more than most and we have a lot more opportunity and freedoms than most. Um, maybe I'm overstating this, but it, it irks me, maybe not you, that our president isn't in New York. I, I feel like if I was a guy that was in office and I was around New York, I don't know if I, 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 I would make this the biggest thing ever and I would do it every year. I, I just don't want, this should never go away in our public's conscience, in my opinion. And the president should be in New York honoring, uh, discussing, talking, whatever. A president needs to do. Am I off base on this? Am I too being too weird about this? No, I don't think you're. I don't think you're being too weird. I, I think. Look, I was very fortunate to have the opportunity to be there for the 20th anniversary, to be at Ground Zero, alongside all the um, the first responders, the firefighters. Firefighters come from all over the country uh, to get together, to gather together, to honor those that gave their life, that sacrificed their life, to honor the the 3000 plus that lost their life initially in the, in the attack. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's a powerful thing. It's a very moving thing and it's inspiring to be around that. And now I think, I think everybody should do that, but, but yeah, if you, if you, you know, if you're in office, uh, whether, whether you're the president or almost anybody else, it almost should be a, uh, you know, a day where there, th- that is the only focus. That is the main focus. And I understand there's, there's a lot going on. I get that, but it is, it is very important. And I think, uh, I don't know. You know, if you if if you haven't, as an American, if you haven't been there at all, as, as, uh, even if it's not on 9/11, if you haven't gone to Ground Zero and visited and, and and looked at the names and and just imagined what that could have been like. I mean, I wasn't there that day, but I can't even I can't even comprehend. I know people that were, and it's just unreal that that would happen in a place like this. But you know, I'm also, as I said before, I, I'm proud of our resiliency and what, how we came together. Like that's what we do uh, in in the midst of tragedy. Somehow we find a way to pull together. And you got to you got to go experience that and feel what it's what's like to be there. Man, I totally agree. I, we had the opportunity to do that. And it Jesus, is that moving is, hey, I got to go yeah. back to something. So you joined the military. You didn't know you had the right stuff. And then you joined the military. And not only do you join the military, I guess you had the right stuff because you ended up in one of the elite units. I mean, you didn't just go in there to shuffle papers, my man. You you went from not having the right stuff to being a freaking warrior. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, you know, I think, honestly, I think part of my my insecurity or not, not being sure if I was enough, if I was tough enough or man enough or whatever, I think that really propelled me. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit of that fear that I wasn't that I wasn't the right guy for the job just made me work that much harder and show up every day. And eventually you start to believe that, you know, you start to be when you're around people that are that are the right stuff, that are the right people uh, enough and you follow them. You, you sort of become that, you know, people can change. I truly believe that. I don't think uh, I don't think that's impossible. Some people choose not to change and they and they won't forever. And that's fine. But I think you you, you can you know, you can grow, you can change, you can learn. Uh, and you can you can develop grit and toughness and all these things. And if I didn't do that, if I didn't sign up, you know, sign on the dotted line, take the oath, whether I was a Green Beret or not, if I didn't do that, these other things I've been able to be a part of in my life, I never even would have tried them. I mean, it gave me so much confidence and belief in myself. There's so many uh, valuable uh, skills that you learn from that experience, not to mention you're doing some very honorable work and, you know, you're you're fighting alongside some of the the best people in the world. And it's just, I I wouldn't change it. I mean, if I had to do it again, I would do it sooner. 
that's the only thing I would do different. Uh, but it really, uh, I really was proud to be a part of that. And yeah, it was just showing up every day and not quitting. That's how eventually you just get through it. I mean, that, that's a lot of things in life though. I mean, I think you could probably attest to that. You know, you just, it's life's a war of attrition. You know, people just give up. They eventually roll over, but if you just keep showing up, we say in the military, right place, right time, right uniform. I like to add with the right attitude. Uh, you know, you'll get through it. You'll, you'll get through it. As hard as it may seem, you'll get through it. Yeah, you know, you guys always amaze me. You've been on our show before. We talk more about your, your telling, you know, basically Colin Kaepernick to kneel, not sit. But you guys always amaze me by how humble you are. Like, I, I would like to just sit back when you're with uh, a bunch of your buddies and you're discussing over beer or whatever it is, I'd like to sit behind you and watch how you guys talk about the missions with other guys that were on those missions. I, I think that'd be fascinating because I got to believe I'd be like, yeah, this is what we did, pal. What the hell did you do? Over I, I don't know. You guys are always so damn humble. You guys are. You're, you're, it's like, come on. Uh, it's 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 definitely ingrained into us. But at the same time, you know, what? a lot of us have been around folks, including I've done this as well. I mean, that have done way more heroic stuff than us, have lost way more than us, whether it's their life, limb, you know. And so it almost feels unfair sometimes to 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 feel like to, to even want to, you know, discuss that and talk about that because of and it's not that not that I'm ashamed of it or it's not that I'm you know, think it's not something that we we can talk about. It's just there's so many guys that have done so much more, and I'm I'm not just saying that to to, to act humble. I mean, I, I'm I'm being genuine. You're around it, and you're just like, geez, I, I can't even imagine. You know what I'm I saying? No, you guys are always <laughs> you're always genuine with that stuff. I mean, look, guy down the street makes a putt to win five dollars. I gotta hear about it. How great he is, and you guys are in there. You know what I mean? It's like, come on. You know, you guys are uh -oh. the best. I swear to God. I, Appreciate I, it, man. Every time I talk to you or I have two cousins, one's a flew uh, Apache helicopters and the other one was a doctor all over the world. I'm like, I'm, I'm a less human being. I got to go lift weights. I got to go read the Bible. I got to go. I don't know. I got to go stop crime somewhere. Nate, I got to do something, man. I got to do something. You guys, you guys make me feel great. And bad at the same time. Uh, hey, I, that's, I appreciate that's you having awesome. me on, awesome. sharing our stories. That's a big part of it. it. I mean, it does mean a lot. It's, it's freaking awesome. No, you are. It's freaking awesome. It is. Uh, so six years in Iraq, you never played organized football. You're like, ah, screw it. I'll go walk on at Texas and then become an NFL player. I mean, damn. Yeah, I mean, you know, okay, I'll brag a little bit. Here's now, now it's time to brag. The craziest part of that to me is that as I look back on it more and more, it didn't seem crazy at the time because I had a lot of confidence and belief in myself, but I never played football my entire life before I went to Texas. Like, I played other sports, but I never played football, and I regretted it. Regretted not doing it because it's my favorite sport. I grew up a 49ers fan during the Montana Rice and Ronnie Lott era, you know, where they just were dominant. And I, I never played, and it just bothered me. And so I was like 29 and I was, you know, transitioning from active duty to the National Guard. And I said, you know, what? I'm just going to I'm just going to try out wherever I go. And I ended up going to Texas, which is a pretty good football team, especially right now. Um, and uh, and I walked on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hang on. Like 
you're going to play football. You're in California. I mean, San Luis Obispo, you know, or, or, you know, I don't know, Whittier College or something. But no, 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 no. I'm Nate freaking Boyer. I just <laughs> saved the world. I got to go to Texas. Like, come on. How did you end up at – don't just gloss that over. How did you end up at Texas? Well, I, I, I've been – I'd been, to, well, I've never lived in Texas, but I knew they were really good to their veterans generally, right? I, I kind of knew that just from knowing that from hearing, you know, talking to people and guys kind of hearing through the grapevine that that was a good place to go when you're getting out. So I was stationed, uh, I was stationed a bunch of places. I was in Fort Benning, Georgia, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. I was in Okinawa. I was in Colorado Springs at Fort Carson. And, and it was just like, I don't know. I, I, I visited Austin once. I loved the campus. It's a great school. At the time, they were really good at football as well. They, this was Colt McCoy, McCoy era, so they went to, you know, they went to the Rose Bowl. Uh, I think back to back, maybe, and you know, barely lost a national championship game to Alabama, as we'll get to in a second. But uh, you know, and it was just like, all right, man, I'm I'm gonna go there. I love the brand. I love the burn orange. I, 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 why not? I'm just gonna give it a go. And when I went to tryouts, it was just, it was all about conditioning just to make the scout team. So that was step one. And I was in really good condition from the military. So once I got on the scout team, I mean, I'd recognize that I wasn't going to play safety. That just wasn't happening. I didn't have the speed, the skill. It just wasn't that good at football, but I'd pitched growing up in, in high school and had a decent arm. So I started long snapping and I ended up having a, a bit of a knack for it. And you don't have to be the best athlete in the world. You just got to be consistent and accurate. So long snapping was the way for me. And that's what got me on the field. See, that's what, all right. I, I'm going to go to Texas. All right. You can do it right now. You got eligibility, man. What's that? Nah, I said you might have eligibility. Go do it. You might have a bit. Man, I, I, uh, no, I, I used up all my eligibility playing right. basketball for my, my guy, Bobby Knight. So I, I, I'm done. Thank God for everybody. But here's the beauty of this. All right. You decide. I'm going to be a safety, all right? You're not good enough, whatever. But I got to figure out how to get on the field, so I'm going to long snap. Now, I got to believe there are dudes that are at Texas specifically to long snap, and you just beat their ass out and become an academic All-American. I mean, it's unbelievable to me. Like, let me ask you, Indiana basketball, we're struggling a little bit. Do you have any eligibility left so that you <laughs> could go, oh, I don't know, you're probably, what, six feet tall, 5'11"? Uh, you can go play center, I'm guessing. This is insane, <laughs> your story. Hey, well, in high school, I did lead the team in offensive rebounds. So There you go. I, <laughs> I was scrappy. I was scrappy. Uh, no. I, would, I, I can't right. hang with them. Are you crazy? They'll be back. Indiana yeah, will be Texas back. It's like Texas. It just took us a bit. You guys will be back. Yeah, we got 22 years. Haven't made the Elite Eight. Not the Final Four, the Elite Eight. I don't even want – I'm, I'm – Pissed off about it. All right. Now you're watching. You mentioned Alabama, Colt McCoy. Uh, now you're watching Alabama get boot stomped by your boys, the Longhorns, this weekend. That had to feel pretty damn good for a Texas guy. It, it, it did. And it was, you know, I, I wasn't, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I had my doubts going in. Week one, um, you know, we played Rice and, you know, we beat them handily, but we didn't, there was facets of the game didn't look great. And at the same time, I don't think we were showing our hand too much, but it's like, we, you know, we've been here before. 
uh, you know, last year we lost by a field goal at the very end of Bama at home. And I was like, ah, now we got to go on the road and all these things. And, you know, of course, there's stats flying around. Everybody's like, you know, Quinn Ewers has never connected on a long, you know, a pass over X number of yards in his career. And all the, I'm like, oh, my gosh, is that true? No way. And, uh, you know, we go out there and just they prove me wrong. They prove everybody wrong. I loved it. I mean, I was not that I was not pulling for them all the way, but I just had I had those nervous doubts. And I was like, man, I don't I really hope we belong. You know, and not only do we we belong, we were absolutely the better team out there. And now not only belief, like I don't think I don't think we will get beat. We won't get beat. We're going to go all the way. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the year. But that was that was awesome. I mean, it was I was actually out in D.C. Uh, on, on a bit of a work trip. And, uh, you know, I was there with a bunch of strangers that I transformed into Texas fans throughout the uh, the evening because I was just going nuts. You know, I made the bar stay open longer than they were supposed to because it, <laughs> it was awesome. Though I had a great time. Hook them, man. It was it was it was unreal. Proud of my boys. How quick did it how quick did it take you when you went to Texas to go from being a uh, California kid to be a hook em Longhorns, you know, uh, Two barbecue guy? Two seconds. <laughs> I bet. And once I, I had bet. the barbecue too, oh man, there's so many, there's so much good barbecue out there. But just, you know, the, just a, the people, Texas, Austin's a really interesting place too. You know, I got picked up from the cab driver on the, uh, uh, from the airport to, to uh, campus to go see it, right? This is in 2009. So it was before Uber and all that stuff. And, uh, and I get in and, and this is, it's this old crusty dude. He's got a cowboy hat on, you know, he smells a little funny. And he's like, have you ever been to Austin? I said, no. And he said, you know, the great thing about Austin, man, he said, all the cowboys smoke pot and all the hippies carry guns and everybody just kind of gets along. And I was like, that's, that's pretty cool, man. I can get down with that. And, 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 and for the most part, that's true. You know, it's, it's, it, and it, there's no perfect place, but I do love it. It's a good spot, man. Yeah. Nothing wrong with Austin. All right. Let me ask you the most important question. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Can you kill another man with one finger? No. <laughs> Well, if it's on a trigger, yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you don't, like, I always think of guys like you that, yeah, that guy could do something here, some kind of move, and next thing you know, I'm paralyzed and I'm dying, I'm on a ventilator. You know what I mean? So that's what I always, that's what I always think of you guys. That's what I always told my son, don't ever fight anybody anymore because you never know if a guy's special ops, a UFC guy. Don't be an idiot. Yeah. Back in my day, you could fight fat guys, but now you got you can kill a guy seriously one finger. Isn't there a pressure point you can kill somebody with one one move? I mean, probably. I honestly don't know, but I'll tell you this too: don't <laughs> find anybody because somebody's videoing it, and if you look like an idiot, right. everybody can see it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and if you do a good job, everybody's gonna everybody's gonna see it and you're busted. So just don't. Just stay out of it. Right. There's That's no right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Hey Nate. <laughs> When uh, and we go through the football season, hope you'll come back, man, on 9-11. And any day, you're the perfect guest to have on every single day. That was fun. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. God bless everybody. God bless America. There you go. Nate Boyers, my dog is even excited. I don't know what Lula's doing back there, but she keeps yelping. And she's about to raise. I got something to throw at her or somebody would turn me in for, like, animal cruelty. Lula, we're doing a show here. The hell you doing? The dog's lost his mind. But Nate Boy, a former Green Beret NFL player, and God dang, I, I I just love talking to people like that because they are just so freaking humble. I'm telling you what, 
Talk to the clown at your country club that hit a 10-footer and he'll sit around drinking beers like he, uh, you know, he got Bin Laden. This guy's done all this stuff and he's just incredibly, incredibly humble. What a great group of guests we had today. What a fantastic show we've had on 9-11. We will never forget 9-11. Look, I, I, you have no idea. Well, yeah, you do, because most of you feel the same way. We all have incredible respect for our military, and we should. Our boys in blue, our military, you name it, we have. And if you get a chance today, just do something simple. Seriously, do something simple. You see a military person, buy him lunch. Don't brag about it. Don't tell people. Just go to the waitress and say, hey, look, I'm picking up that guy at their table, and then leave or sit at your own table and don't say a word about it to your friends. Or that. But you should do that every day. We should absolutely do that every single day. I'm just saying. It's what we should. Hey, Lula, you and I are throwing hands. She's yapping. Uh, in about 10 minutes, I got to take a pill that's going to sedate me. Have you ever done that? I got to go in and get some major mouth surgery. Hopefully tomorrow I won't be talking like this. But you know what? I'm taking a pill in 10 minutes that's going to sedate me. And then Lee's driving me over to my dentist appointment. So you won't be hearing much from me for the rest of the day, which is really weird because it seems like I spend 99.9% of my time uh, going back and forth. But anyway, let's get the woke dope as my dog keeps yapping here. What do you got? Oh man, I, yeah, I'm a, I am fluent in over 6 million forms of communication. Nope. I got nothing. There you go. Boy, is that Joe Biden. Boy, is that Joe Biden right there. What did he say? Uh, The uh, mumbling, stumbling, fumbling moron that is our president has absolutely no idea what he's saying, what he's doing. And somehow, some way, you all are going to convince me that this man should be president of the United States. There is nothing about this man that should be president of the United States. Nothing from his lying back in the 80s to his plagiarism to his bribery to all of the stuff he should not be. But he is. (sighs) All right, what's next? And just like that, sanctuary cities don't want to be sanctuary cities any longer. Now, I'm going to brag for just a second. I was ahead of the curve here. What do you mean, Dan? You're always ahead of the curve. Yes, I am. Why am I ahead of the curve? Well, I'm ahead of the curve because when those signs came out about love is love and Black Lives Matter, nobody's illegal, all are welcome here, I said at the time, yeah, a lot of that's true, but one thing that isn't true is all are welcome here. You drop a busload, a busload of immigrants in my neighborhood. I guarantee you everybody that had those signs up, including my neighbor, is not inviting folks in to stay with them. I guarantee you they're going, we're going, I should say. We're going all Martha's Vineyard, and we're getting these folks out of here as quick as we can and on to the next. It's very simple. Come into the United States legally. We have a long history of that. It's very simple. Keep the worst of other countries, prisons that are opened up and guys are told to come to the United States, keep them out of here. Our country's getting ready to be even more of a third world country. And if we don't stop the illegal immigration, come on in, get your dreams, get do it right. That's all anybody's saying. And I don't understand why the Biden administration wants to be in power so bad 
and have these folks vote so bad and give so much of our tax dollars to these people that they can't protect the rights and freedoms of our people, our country, Americans. America. We're lucky to be born in this country. We've got to protect it. What's next? <laughs> oh, Lula, you're killing me. Oh, yeah. 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 This is a real article. Kia and Hyundai helped enable a crime wave. They should pay for it. That's the Chicago mantra. That's what's going on in Chicago with the idiot mayor. It's Hyundai and Kia's fault. It's not the fact that we have prosecutors and we have no respect for our police. It's not that. Of course it's not that. Well, it wouldn't be that, would it? No. It's because the car manufacturers didn't set up anti-theft device to the liking. Now, I got to tell you, this is the New York Times. They've become a joke. Look, hey, Lula, how about at some point we hold people accountable? Oh, my God. You know, you do have the choice not to break into a car. You do have a choice not to rob. You do have a choice not to rape, steal. You do have that choice. Isn't that odd? But, of course, it's the car manufacturer, uh, according to whatever this Farhad Manjou. It's his or her, I don't know which, which we're going with here. Hell, they're all the same, according to some people. But this, these folks here think that it is okay for, oh, I don't know, the car manufacturers to pay because we've got criminals. We do. We have criminals. Hey, before we end the show, I got to tell you, let me recap what I told you earlier. Worst prepared NFL teams, without question, the Giants and the Bears. Worst coach NFL team. I'm going to give Dayball a little bit here, the Giants coach. But let's be honest. The worst NFL coach team yesterday was the Bears. The Bears were abysmal. The offensive and defensive line stunk. Wide receiver stunk. Justin Fields looked uncoached. I'm not surprised, but Ryan Poles, a general manager, is going to have to make a decision. He's going to have to make the decision that, hey, oh, by the way, I don't think Eberflus is the guy because that's what it's going to come down to. Last year's 3-14 and 14 record was not an aberration under Eberflus. They have a bad team. They have a bad coach. They have a coach that is a media guy. They have a coach that would rather do things like get in front of the media than coach the actual football team. And I got to tell you, that's bad business. We've seen that business here in Indianapolis. We have. We've seen a general manager in Chris Ballard that is all about PR. We've seen a general manager in Chris Ballard that is about relationships. And we've seen a general manager that literally, literally is a survivor. Today, Matt Eberfluss went on with my friend David Kaplan in Chicago. That's great. He needs to be paid a lot of money if he's going to do that. Otherwise, he is just a shill trying to curry favor because he can't coach. And ladies and gentlemen, he couldn't coach here in Indianapolis. He can't coach with the Chicago Bears. The best player yesterday, over 400 yards, Tua Tungavailoa, went into L.A. and beat the Chargers late. Tyreek Hill, second best player, 19 and a half yards, four touchdowns for Tyreek Hill. Those two were the best players. Best team, Dallas Cowboys. 40 to nothing, on the road, in the rain, against a rival. Second best team, 49ers, 30 to 7, against America's greatest gift to coaching Mike Tomlin and probably the best all-time culture in the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That 
was impressive. Worst player, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow needed to be humbled. Joe Burrow needed his ass kicked, and he got it yesterday by the Cleveland Browns. And when you get your ass kicked as a Cincinnati quarterback by the Cleveland Browns, guess what? That's bad business. Hey, I got to go. I do. I got, I guess it's described as major surgery coming this afternoon. But I'll tell you what, those of you that know me, those of you that watched my show, know that I ain't afraid to take pain meds and fall asleep on the air. I did it once after major mouth surgery. See this mouth? See up there? I've had more stuff because I kept getting my teeth knocked out. Once by, I forget the player, uh, going for a loose ball. Once by a tire iron and twice in fight. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks, uh, Nick. Thanks, Nick Part 2. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Haley. Thanks, uh, Gary. Thanks, uh, Clay. See you tomorrow.